support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all-new Rate Shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield approval is a game changer, and here's why: Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. And the good part is, if rates go up, your rate stays the same. If rates go down, your rate also drops. So you win either way. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com/fool. It's Wednesday, October 24th. Welcome to another non-studio Denver edition of Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me, in the lounge of the Four Seasons Denver, is the one and only Bill Mann. In Thanks the, for being in the lounge. The yeah. lounge. It's nice in here. We're ensconced in a nice little cozy corner of the yeah, lounge. I could stay here all day and um, talk to you. Well, no, you can't. Because <laughs> nobody could. wants to listen to that long an episode. And we also have stuff to do later we today. We have stuff to do um, here. I in should Denver. point out, by the way, because we've got our member event on Thursday, this is uh, the rare proverbial short week for Market Foolery. So this is our last episode of the week. Great opportunity to check out Industry Focus and some of the other Motley Fool podcasts, but uh, we'll be back on Monday. Yeah, so don't mess it up. I was going to try real hard not to. No promises. Uh, let's start with, once again, the market. You and I uh, were getting coffee earlier today, and uh, you were looking at your phone, and you just said, huh, it's all red again. <laughs> it's, it's just another day where the market's taking laugh. a pounding. You know, it's funny because we, 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 we think of ourselves as being long-term investors. Ten years ago now was the midst of the horrible part of the global financial crisis. So I think if you were to ask the average person at that point when the Dow was at 7,000, 10 years from now it's at 25,000, are you feeling good or bad? 100% of the people would have said feeling good. And yet, because of the path, right now we're at 25,000 and people feel pretty bad. I mean, people are scared. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of reasons for that. I, I think that, look, one thing that has nothing really to do with the type of investing that we do at The Motley Fool, where we focus on the business. Um, we got the midterm elections coming up in a couple of weeks. That always roils the markets, so that's a macro factor that we're dealing with anyway. Um, more talk of tariffs, uh, uh, more companies. It's not just people talking about tariffs, more companies coming out. We had Caterpillar yesterday talking about that. Um, what do you do in situations like these when you when you look at your phone and you you're checking stocks and you're seeing a lot of red? Does your mind automatically go towards opportunity, or do you say, "All right, I'm going to take a couple extra moments and see what's what"? Look, Chris, it is so easy for market commentators to say, "Hey, I'm excited!" Like it is, it's really unnerving. Like it really is unnerving when you see your net worth drop by a little bit, even though you know deep down that the market drops 10% every 11 months or so. I mean, we are reminded every six months or so that this is what happens every six months or so. I mean, you know, markets, markets are notoriously and will always be volatile. It's just part of the thing. In my case, so I don't want people to think, oh yeah, well I'm a I'm a robot. Um, but it is these are times in which having a long term view is very very important, and it's you know and it's important to remember that the path itself is something that can end up throwing you off of being long term focused on what good businesses are. If you've got money, you know, do you want to put to work? Now is a much better time. I mean, one of the things that you know that that we've been thinking about is that. 
even though the Dow and the S&P have dropped by a little bit, farther down in the market, you know, in, in market cap, a lot of companies, a lot of really good companies have been absolutely hammered from their, you know, 40-50% below their all-time highs. We've talked before about how great times for businesses are obviously when a given business is going well, leadership is focused on that business, there are good market conditions, that sort of thing. On the flip side, every now and then, companies are dealing with different distractions. Sometimes they're industry-wide, sometimes they are specific to a company. I have to believe that for a lot of companies, when, they, when they're looking at employee morale, you know, if you're at a public company and you own shares of a stock, that and and you and I have been at the Motley Fool long enough where I remember talking back in the late 90s about boy it's got to be a little distracting to be at a public company at one of these dot coms in both directions when the yeah. stock is going up because it's like uh, why should I I'm going to take five minutes out of my actual job and just stare at my stock and my net worth going <laughs> up and then 18 months later being nervous and watching it go down in the opposite direction. So, I, I, I have to believe that's like one more thing that companies are wrestling with. Yeah, you know what? Um, the market itself, I think that's exactly, I, I think that's exactly right. And, and there are a lot of things to be said for, uh, for companies, you know, giving, you know, having their uh, employees own lots of stock, but it has to be distracting during times of, great volatility one direction or the other. I mean, people forget volatility isn't necessarily just down, right? It could be both. But I think in terms of the market itself, uh, one of the things that we've been talking about is that it, it really feels like the narrative that has driven the market has changed a little bit. That over, over the last decade, one of the reasons that the market has been able to go so much uh, up so much is that inflation and therefore interest rates have been at absolute nearly absolute zero and over the last 3 or 4 years any one of us could point to things going yeah obviously prices are going up it's not just real estate it's rutabaga it's cars it's flights it's whatever uh, you know it's it's whatever you want to look at but they haven't necessarily been captured in either the real inflation rate the reported inflation rate or they haven't come into, I guess, what you would call common knowledge. Like everybody knows that everybody knows that inflation is going up, and when that happens, and I happen to think that it's happened, the narrative in the market uh, will change. And I think that if people are looking at something to do, I think I would look at something to do that's a little bit different than than what's worked over the last decade, which has been. U.S. large cap stocks over anything else. So this dovetails nicely into something that Aaron Bush and Matt Argersinger and I talked about yesterday, which is uh, tomorrow at our member event, uh, the two of them and you and I are going to be on the main stage talking about global investing. Well, let me ask you the question that I asked them, which is when you start to look outside the United States. Do you think in terms of business first, or do you think in terms of geography first? When you decide, I'm going to spend a little time looking for stocks outside the U.S., where do you go? Do you think industry or geography? I think they kind of go hand in hand, because uh, one of the reasons for investing outside of the United States is that you want, like, it doesn't make any sense to 
by a Swiss insurance company because it's Swiss. Because insurance is insurance is insurance in every country in the world. When you invest outside of the United States, you really, really want some dynamics and some factors that are different than what you get here in the United States. So, for example, looking at countries like China and India that are growing at 7 or 8 percent and have done so for 20 years, that's an obvious place that is entirely different than what is, you know, that than what's happening here in the United States. So there again, you don't know necessarily just want to buy any company because it happens to have exposure to to tailwinds and you definitely don't want to do it at any price. So without being hyper specific, where do you find yourself looking these days? A lot in Japan, actually, a lot of Japanese companies. Japan has, Japan still, you know, the market is still below what it was in 1991, which kind of a long time ago. God, what a <laughs> kick in the teeth that has <laughs> got to be. Horrific. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I giggle a little. It's, it's really not funny, but it is, it is a sign of how disjointed markets can get from underlying f- fundamentals. But that's a place that you know that has seen huge gains in corporate governance. Uh, they are very much an export market, uh, so that's a place that I've been looking uh, very intently. Uh, before we move on, I want to give a quick shout out to Rocket Mortgage. Because of rising interest rates, as we've been talking about, a lot of unpredictability, not just in the stock market, but also when it comes to buying a home. And our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something to quell the anxiety, and it's called the power buying process. And it works like this. Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval, and that gives you the strength of a cash buyer. So once you're verified, you qualify for their all-new exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. And the best part is, if rates go up, your rate stays the same. And if rates go down, you don't have to listen to your coworker bragging about how he got a lower rate. Because if rates go down, your rate also drops. She's insufferable. <sighs> that happens. That's a real thing that happens when you're like, oh, I locked in this rate. rate envy. And, and then like two weeks later, someone's like, oh, really? I got a rate even lower than that. Oh, that's well, too bad. You know what? I got the rate shield approval. So I'm boom. better. I'm better at more. Mortgages than you. <laughs> uh, it's exactly the kind of thinking that you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. And to get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken, Loan and, uh, Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Um, before we get to our uh, final story, I just want to say uh, a quick thank you to everyone who came out last night to our listener meetup. We had a, an awesome crowd. I would say 35, 40 listeners came. And I would have loved with- to have been there. I, I, was, I was on the train coming in from the airport and got in just as you guys were breaking down, but it sounds like it was a really great event. and. It really is always wonderful to be able to spend time with people. You 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 really do forget that we're not just speaking into a microphone, and that you know, and it, and it's it's great to make those connections. It really is, and to and to hear what people are doing, not just in their investing lives, but in their work lives, where they're working, what they're doing. Um, it was really great, and uh, I'll just uh, I'll just say that one of the things that I was particularly pleased by was the range of people who showed up last night in terms of age. There was a young man who was 14 years old, talked to him about investing. Uh, there was a woman who told me she just got her first 
social security check. So that, that kind of range is, is just fantastic. Um, Let's go to a specific company that's, uh, speaking of stocks that are in the red, Noodles & Company down 20% today on third quarter results that, that make me think that, as we have seen this parade of restaurants go private over the past 18 months or so, it really looks like Noodles & Company is positioning itself to go private. I think it might help them. I mean, you look at... You look at their quarter, and I spent some time on it this morning, and they were talking about all of these things that they were they were doing in terms of the brand refresh. They spoke a lot about their zucchini noodles, which you know, as being a big thing. I personally don't get that. I'll be honest; that's not you know, I'm not I'm not their people in that regard. But whatever, you know. And their their earnings were not bad. That's the. the uh, I was going to ask you about that because at. I didn't look at it as deeply as you did, but my quick look at it was, wait a minute, is this down 20% bad? Because it really doesn't look like it. No, and, the mar- and, and, and that's not a stock itself that you would say has gotten ahead, ahead of itself. Let me see how many times I could say itself in a single sentence. Um, it's not a stock that, it, that, that had run up a lot. I don't... I just think that we are now in a cycle. You know, I was talking about the narratives changing. Really, all news is bad, right? You know, that when when all news is good, you say, well, you know, uh, you know, the Fed raised rates. Well, that's good because it means the market's strong. And now, you know, you know, all news is bad. The Fed raised rates. Oh my God, they hate stocks, right? They hate stocks. They want us. They want us to suffer, right? So I I wonder if it's the same thing with companies at this point. Like, if you've got to report anything. I'm probably terrified. If you're uh, one of these private equity firms that's been gobbling up some of you know Buffalo Wild Wings and some of these other ones, I have to believe someone is running the numbers on Noodles and Company right now because they might be amenable to an offer. It's a certainly if they put up another. Yeah. If their fourth quarter looks anything like their third quarter, and they get punished for it. They have to hate this kind of short-termism. I mean, they really do. And and to me, Noodles and Company is a pretty good. I don't like saying, "Hey, this company ought to be private," because you know, I, I I prefer as much opportunity as possible to be in the public markets. But it's a it's 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 a pretty good candidate for a private market takeover. You know, they. Things don't change that much from quarter to quarter, which you know, which probably makes it irresistible for them to financially engineer. I, you know, I, I, there there are certain companies I'm not quite sure why they stay public, and I think I think you're exactly right that Noodles and Company fits that bill quite well. Bill, man, thanks for being here. Good to see you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. Remember, we're off tomorrow. We're back on Monday. We'll see you then.